Hello, and welcome to the Mega Bros Podcast. I'm Donnie. And I'm Danny. And we are going to be going over tonight our top 10 NES games. For those of you who don't know, that is the Nintendo Entertainment System. We're going way back into the archives for this, back in the days when men were men and controllers only had two buttons. And we're really dating ourselves with this one, aren't we? Uh, I mean, if we date ourselves any further, we're going to need freaking carbon dating, men. Oh, it's pretty rough. I mean, I gotta say, too, I, I know this is only our second podcast, and hopefully more to come, but right off the bat, when we start to get to video games, that's when I start to get pretty excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about video games, like, this is something that, that's, you know, that's how we met each other in real life, was just sitting there talking about video games over, you know, bagging groceries. That's when we knew we'd be friends. Yep. Yeah, and that, uh, that's how that's how this came about. We're gonna sit here. We're gonna talk about our favorite games. We're talk about the games that made us like keep coming back as kids. And you know, for me at least, like the NES was really the first system I actually got to play. Um, I don't know, but I'm not sure about you. But like for me, like I I just look back on that as like games that like taught me how to be a gamer. Like this is you know you can expect to like be able to run, jump, shoot, fight. In that regard, at least, I feel like they're. It's really a formative system, and a lot of these games are like pioneers. You know, real real games that like came out, did it first, and then other games really had to follow suit, step up, or you know, no, why bother? Yeah, and and I agree. And I, I we spoke about this a little bit before the show, but um, you know, these games that we're about to talk about are great games in their own right, and and certainly they set the you know the pace for what was to come. When you compare them to some of the games that are out now, maybe they don't look so favorably. And, you know, people want that nostalgia. They want that, you know, they have a good picture of it in their head and it may not live up to what it was. But you you can't forget where you came from because, you know, without the original Legend of Zelda, you don't have that Ocarina of Time. And, uh, you know, you're mentioning how you grew up on the NES and how that was a formative console for you. It was for me, too. I, I never owned it. But, you know, my friend down the street, I, I would walk to his house every day just to play it. And my, my cousin owned it. And I, every time I was over his house, that's what I wanted to play. It wasn't a system I had, but it was just such a it was on such a high pedestal for me because I didn't own it. And it was just so special when I got to play it. And I feel like everyone in our particular age group, you know, the people who grow up, you know, born in the late 80s, early 90s ish, like that part of time. I feel like everybody knew somebody who had an NES, and no matter what, no matter how cool you thought you were, at some point you had sat there and played either Mario Brothers or Duck Hunt until, you know, you were just about to murder that damn little dog before he <laughs> grabbed your ducks again. Yeah, yeah that little bastard. He wouldn't even oh, get he them. was a bastard. He sure was. And then they put him in Smash Brothers. My god. It's like oh. they're just taunting us now. We've all come full circle. <laughs> Back in my day. Mm, let me tell you. But, you know, I mean, it, it comes down to... You mentioned The Legend of Zelda, and I feel like that's that's obviously... That's going to end up on on or near the top of this list for me, you know. Um, really the first one of those games that kind of set out that adventure mold. You know, you just didn't really have games that were that big, that involved, and with so many different things to do and places to go. I mean, like, eight whole dungeons? That's... Back in the day, that was insane. And, and let's not forget, too, this is way before you could just google your problem and find you know 10 different walkthroughs for it i mean this is a time where you probably had a notebook and you had a hand-drawn map of your own and you had to follow it and you had to remember every cave and you know you find those secrets by accident you no one no one wa- held your hand and got through it this was a tough game and 
you know, maybe your friend down the street heard a random secret, like, oh, maybe if you bomb this tree, something happens, and just so many secrets and whatnot that even today, you may not realize without looking them up how many there are. And that feeling of satisfaction when you hear that, uh, that, that right there, you know, you're like, yeah, that's the stuff. That's what keeps me coming back to a Zelda game. And, you know, for you little whippersnappers out there that don't remember this, back in the day, Nintendo literally ran like a hotline you could call for tips on games. That's that's how it was back in the day. We didn't have Google. You know, you could sometimes go and spend like 20 bucks on a player's guide, but there you never knew if it was going to be like full quality or not. And you're right. It was just such a different time. You could not Google a walkthrough. You, you know, I mean, what like who even had a computer back in those days? No, it's true. I mean, we didn't get, get ours for years later. You know, while we're introducing games and you want to talk about walkthroughs and Googling, I'm going to put one out there, too, that it deserves a place on that list. But Metroid, um, you want to talk about a game that didn't have a guide and was tough. Try going back and playing the original Metroid. It, it's for one, when you start off, you don't go to the right. You go to the left. Absolutely destroyed young Donnie. Oh, God, yeah. And and not to mention just, like, some of the ways through to beat the game. Like, the the actual way they wanted you, the intended path, were a lot of times blowing up a secret wall or jumping through, a, you know, a floor that wasn't there. But, like, that, that was Metroid, and that was more exploration and trial and error and just, it, it just mysterious. Yeah, these were games that back in the day, you know, I mean, I feel like games today, a lot of them pad themselves with side quests. You know, they they tell you where to go, what to do. You know, you've got to go kill 50 of these things to get the magical weapon of doom or whatever it is. And there's that completionist mindset, you know, especially like some of the games just straight up have that completion meter. Like, do you did you hit 100 percent? Did you hit 110 percent? I mean, I've there I've seen games with 200 percent completion ratings like, my God, that doesn't actually make sense, people. You know, back in the day, I mean, it was like you were just kind of, you know, jumping around, bombing around and hoping you got everything. And, you know, it, it was just such a different time. And that, you know, that kind of brings me back to like two. There was the, the first Final Fantasy. You know, you want to talk about games that you just hadn't seen before. Like that was for me, it was cool because, you know, it was like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but it was in a video game. I didn't have to roll all those dice and just getting to take your party and go save the princess and save the world and thinking that they had beaten the game when you all you had done was beaten the first tiny little mini boss like that <laughs> that was a mind fuck too oh yeah and it just set the standard for what was to come with you know all the final fantasy after that i mean no one could have known at the time but just the class system and the rpg elements it just really just a great start to yeah amazing for franchise. sure for sure and if you want to start talking about great starts to franchises I mean, no, no Nintendo list is complete without a Mario game, and we've talked about a couple different ones on here. But I'll, I'll, just to start off, the original Mario Brothers. I mean, that that probably single. If we really want to get into like a whole podcast <laughs> we could do on this, that probably single-handedly saved the video game industry. For anyone who doesn't know, at the time there was a uh, you know a bit of a lull in gaming, and Nintendo kind of single-handedly put it back on the map with a game like this, Mario Brothers. And it, it, what a game it was, you know, I mean, shipping that with just about every new Nintendo system really helped a lot. And like I said, I mean, that, that game was absolutely ubiquitous. Everybody and their brother had played Mario Brothers at some point, you know, whether it was whether they had gone through and gotten all the way through like the eight different castles and all that, maybe not so much. But 
everybody knows that little do 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 just an iconic game and to me like the only other mario game that really like on the nes that i really feel like stands out on like to a level of, of the original is super mario brothers 3 like that was another one where you really had the formula refined like it was a platformer but there were you between like the power-ups and the items and the whole world you were moving around like it would it felt like a bigger game than it really was and I, and for me like that was cool because it felt like i could make like actual honest to god progress with it as opposed to just playing it and hoping i could beat it in time before i had to go to soccer practice yeah and and i'll be a little bit biased here too i, I have two big posters hanging on my wall an ocarina of time poster and a super mario brothers 3 to me that was my childhood so i i, I admit a lot of bias here but what a great game and and what i know we kind of gloss over super mario brothers 2 it's a good game in its own right but if you think about going from mario brothers to mario brothers 3 just you know different upgrades you get the raccoon tail you still get the fire flower um like you mentioned different maps going across the different worlds different bosses just really adding so much more to the mario world and just going forward just a bunch of different you know we're gonna have different upgrades we're gonna have different maps here's you know the different koopas and here's bowser still it just it really just took the formula that was already amazing and made it better absolutely you know really brought platformers to a different space than was previously thought when was previously thought possible i mean you know you were kind of looking at them before that as just miniature arcade games and now this was mario 3 really gave you the chance to figure out like oh we could be a little bit more than that and that kind of pushes me towards a couple of other like platform games that i feel like really stood out um for me stuff like you know you mentioned metroid which was a whole different animal obviously but the mega man series of games um you know very formulaic and that you know it's just kind of the same idea you always you start out with mega man you get different powers depending on which bosses you beat you try to get them in the right order you defeat dr wiley you save the day but when i look at like mega man 2 and you see like the changes that that game brought in like to me like that you can make a case that might be one of the best platformers I've ever played in my life. Oh, I, I have no question about that. That is an, a spectacular game. And and something that we haven't brought up yet with these games, or, or you alluded to a little bit with Mario, but the soundtrack on that game alone, to me, is what separates it from the rest. I mean, you have some other good stages here and there, but Mega Man 2 in particular, Dr. Wily's Castle, Metal Man, um, Crash Man, there's just so many good you know songs in that game that almost by itself is enough for me to put it at the best but just in terms of like gameplay and you know the, the platforming elements i think that separates it from the others I, th I think that's something you're right that's something we can't overlook with these nes games i mean you're talking about soundtracks that are based off of what what is it like two or, th or four channels or something it, it like i'm not a music guy i'm not a sound guy i don't necessarily know my things but what i do know is that you know making music on an nes is is not an easy task and what you're seeing with a lot of these games mega man 2 especially i mean like i could probably like sit here and hum every single boss like, like stage theme from mega man 2 without an issue um even to this day you know you're talking about that you talk about another game like castlevania you know that whole series amazing soundtrack to it for on an nes game but it fills the atmosphere like it, that it makes you feel like you are in dracula's castle like there is a badass vampire king and he is going to kill you in his castle of death 
you know. Oh, absolutely spectacular game. And, and if I can just, you know, also talk about what happened afterwards. If, if we talked about Metroid, we talked about Castlevania. It created a whole genre of game called Metroidvanias. And mm-hmm. it, it's really, to me, one of my favorites. Um, you know, Castlevania was one of the ones to start it all. And, you know, you play and you walk through these levels and you find different power-ups and whatnot and that combination of game and just like the exploration of it and just you know finding your way it just it, it just aged so well and you know you have a game like castlevania to thank for that absolutely i mean and you see that like it really went in like different directions i mean like we're not talking about PlayStation games, obviously, but I mean, like you, you talk about. I think when you when you say the Metroidvania genre, genre, I mean, I feel like the biggest ones in those categories that really like exploded it were Super Metroid and um, Symphony of the Night, and this is where that started. Like these games kind of gave them that i those ideas to jump off of. Um, but you know, there there was also just some straight up like running, jumping, and shooting platformers. You talk about games like Contra or Ninja Gaiden, like though those games were fun and in some cases hard as hell oh yeah we we haven't touched well i I suppose we did touch about the difficulty on the nas a little bit but you know games like that really (laughs) made you question why you even played them um they just talk about hard oof it was a a tough one just to get through them and and while we're talking about hard games i'm gonna throw this one out there too ducktales i mean (laughs) thank you very much um (laughs) If you haven't played it, it might sound like a new DuckTales, that cartoon. Uh, I don't know about that. But if you have played it, that is a hard game, let me Oof. tell you. And it's just like kind of a theme with NES where, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of replay value. There's a couple levels, but they're going to make you work to get through all of them. Yeah, I really feel like with games like DuckTales and, you know, I'm going to toss the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in there, too. You know, you're you're talking about games that were just friggin' hard. Like, when you beat them, you didn't want to play them again because you had already worked for days, weeks, months, you know, just trying to nail that one jump or, you know, get through that one boss. And you were dealing with things like you couldn't just save your game and just reload. Like, no, 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 no. You either had to know the password or you had to go back from the beginning of the level to start again. Like, these games were not forgiving in the least they were not accommodating in, at all and you know that's where the difficulty came from so i you talk about like games that you could just literally screw up in one second and ruin hours worth of playtime and, and games that you can screw up one line and mess up seconds of playtime you want to talk about that is tetris i i mean what what has what hasn't been said about tetris already everyone should know what that is by now but you know let, let's it got its roots, you know, much earlier on, and it did have the NES port to it, and it just, it does, it deserves to be mentioned. Um, just an early puzzle game that just kind of took the world by storm, and who doesn't know the Tetris melody? I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, that soundtrack, and you know, you're right that like Tetris is really what I'd say like knocked off the, uh, or excuse me, like started off the puzzle genre. You know, you get a lot of games like this is. You're, this is where your match threes come from. Like this is where like your a lot of these type of games really were based out of. And really, I mean, Tetris is one of those things. Like we've all been playing it for years. It's one of like the first things that you find on any like programming platform. It's just like, oh hey, look, I put Tetris on it. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it it's everywhere. And and speaking of that, I I think 
one thing that's been persistent throughout video games and we haven't mentioned here are sports games and there are some games that we can talk about for the nes uh in particular i think of tech mobile and blades of steel Oh yeah, I mean Tecmo Bowl. I mean, we who, Bo Jackson, an absolute legend. Just can't oh, yeah. even can't even argue that point. Can't stop him. Blades of Steel was my first introduction to hockey. I mean, like after like I played ba- Blades of Steel for five minutes, I told my dad, "Dad, I want to play hockey. I want to play hockey." You know, and God bless him. My dad took four year old me out to the rink every Saturday to completely fail at skating, but at least we got Howard Johnson's breakfast afterward. And man, those scrambled eggs were good. You would have been a heck of a goalie. <laughs> I probably would have, but unfortunately, I couldn't skate. Mm. Literally, which is yeah. cool. it happens. I mean, you can't win them all. It does, but you know the other other one too that I played a lot was uh, RBI baseball, and not that I had any clue how to play baseball, but you know, it that was another thing that for me was fun to play because that's that was something I could play with my dad a little bit and you know learn from my dad like oh that's how baseball works. Yeah, I mean, it really just started like you know, putting those sports on there. And I personally didn't play that game, but another sport game I did play was Super Dodgeball. Um, I think some people might know the port to it for the, I think it was for the Game Boy Advance, but you know, it did get it started with the NES and it's just a really simple game, Dodgeball. I mean, what more can you ask, but a, a pretty fun game in its own right. Yeah, that wasn't one that I had actually played, but I mean, we, we talked about that before the show and I can honestly say that that's something I'm going to have to go, uh, definitely try to pull, find a, find a card for. So, um, but, I mean, you want to talk about a game that everybody did play, and we mentioned a little bit earlier, but there was Duck Hunt, but that made me think of, actually, like, w- between, like, the Zapper and, like, that was the first peripheral that anyone really used. You know, I mean, you look back at, like, there was the whole Wii Sports craze back in the late 2000s. Like, that that was all, like, all that was was Duck Hunt flashbacks for me. And, and not to mention that it came in the same card as Super Mario Brothers. So, you know, people buying that NES for the first time and getting Mario Brothers were also getting the Zapper, which at the time was pretty big. I mean, there weren't a lot of peripherals for consoles at the time. You either got a, the control stick or the controller, but here we have a, you know, a light gun and, you know, eventually you have the power glove, but that, you know, it's a different thing. But either way, it, it kind of set the tone for what, how you could interact with your console and video game. It was definitely a cool peripheral to have, and I mean, who doesn't remember trying to shoot their friends with it and failing miserably, because it turns out light guns only work on TVs. And if I can just you put one more honorable mention game, just because the tune's always stuck in my head, but Bubble Bobble. <laughs> oh, that is, that is a catchy one. Probably more of an arcade game, admittedly, but I first played it on the NES, and I, every once in a while, still go through it a couple more times, just because of the tune. It's just, it's one of those ones that you can really get stuck playing for a little bit, too. It's like, you think it's so simple, and then it's 20 minutes later, and you're like, oh shit, I gotta go to work. Oh yeah, a couple floors down, and you aren't even close to beating it, but you gotta get out of there. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you mentioned the the honorable mentions, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I can't really put um, Bubble Bobble or, uh, or even Duck Hunt, you know, being that simple. Um, even the sports games, really, like on the NES, it was cool to have them, but... I never felt like there was really a whole lot of depth. Um, you know, maybe, I'm not sure how you thought about it, but like the lack of any kind of like franchise management mode, like everything was just exhibitions and tournaments. Oh yeah, and I mean that's from the start. That's kind of pretty simple, and they did set the way. But they they were fun to pick up, play with your friends, play by yourself. You know, try to get a little better. But the, you know, at the time, pretty good. Definitely fun to pick up and play. 
you know, I mean, I, I look at this list. I mean, I, I've got my ideas of what really needs to be in the top. I mean, I think like, you know, your Mario games, your Zelda, your Mega Man, your Final Fantasy, your Metroid, um, you know, and really like this was back in the era when Nintendo just could not be stopped. Uh, it's such a, a different story nowadays, but you know, maybe we get to a maybe that's a future podcast we can talk about. Oh man, that's probably like eight podcasts if we're being realistic. Oh Jesus, I could go off for hours on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we love Nintendo, but that being said, we have a lot of feelings on it. Um, we certainly do. So I mean, what what are you thinking for the for the bottom of this list here? I mean, like, I, I what do you, what do you got? See, this is a really tough one for me. Um, lean towards putting one of our sports games down at 10 and again out of i think the nas had over 200 games so to beat tom 10 out of like 200 something games not bad but to me they were fun and they were good but when you look at some of the impact that the rest of these games had it's hard for me to put those above a lot of the other ones i don't know what your thoughts were i'm with you there i just don't think the depth is there you know i mean you could play them and play them and play them but again it was just always starting a new game every time and for me at least like that kind of takes a little bit out of it like i what i want in a game is i when i come back and and pick it up and put it down like i want there to be progress you know and without that like for me it gets old pretty quick like it's it's like a toy rather than a game yeah i I completely agree with that um so I, i guess the question is do you think between the three that we mentioned, RPI, Baseball, Blades of Steel, and Tech Mobile, do you think they all belong up there, or is there one of those that stands out to you and should be number 10? I mean, I feel like Tecmo Super Bowl really probably has, like, the, the best credentials of any of those. You know, I mean, Blades of Steel and RBI Baseball were good baseball and hockey games at the time, but, like, you know, there just wasn't... They didn't really go above and beyond like Tecmo Super Bowl did. I mean, you don't see a Blades of Steel commercial for in two, in twenty eighteen. Like that's. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you, and I I think even just you know to put in kind of today's terms, I think if anyone knows who Bo Jackson is, there's a good chance it's because they know he was in Tecmo Bowl, and whether or not they played it or they just know the game existed, or just a meme. Like that's kind of where it came from. I mean, to me, it goes back, like, I think I'm going to go ahead and put Tecmo Super Bowl at 10 because, you know what? It made it into Family Guy. There was a there was a Family Guy gag <laughs> where Peter was playing Tecmo Bowl, but of course he had to be the Raiders. And, you know uh, you've made it if you made it Family Guy. Yep. I mean, they, at this point, they've been around to joke about everything for a while, but it's, yeah. I, I, think, I think I feel safe putting Tecmo Super Bowl at number 10 there. Yeah, I agree with that. So for number nine, I, I kind of have a toss-up between these two, and I think they both go on the list, but it just depends the order. DuckTales and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I mean, I think they're real similar games in that, you know, they're they're heavily licensed properties. You know, like, this was back in the day before, before video game um, adaptations of, like, movies and TV shows sucked all the butts. Yeah, they're actually pretty decent. Yeah, no, we get to the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, and they were straight ass, but on the NES, they were pretty good. I feel like DuckTales was always better than Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, I feel like, just kind of had, like, that Battletoads thing going for it, where it was just so goddamn hard. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. And, and even now, playing it, I, I think there I played, like, 2% of the game back then. It, it was a, a really unforgiving game. Yeah, and you have to wonder, like, who, who exactly is designing a game for people who like Ninja Turtles and also people who are hardcore video gamers. Like, I feel like there may be an age gap between those two groups. You know, just, just my two cents. 
No, I, I mean, that's a good two cents right there. But then again, nobody was asking me about my opinions back in the 80s. Maybe they should have. They should have. Okay, so I think this has come pretty pretty good so far. So now we have number seven. Any any thoughts? You know, I kind of lean towards one of the more um, one of the more intense platformers. Like I, I, Ninja Gaiden is really popping out to me as a game that deserves to be in the top ten. Um, but you know, again, another game that was super unforgiving and hard. But um, like. For me, like what it did was like it was it was really a lot more about skill than some of these other games. Like it was not forgiving, but the whole idea was that you had to be good at it. Like you, not that you had to just like get lucky, and that's what I appreciated about it. Like you would you would feel like you were making progress as opposed to just like oh you know the platform didn't appear when I expected it to, or you know like uh, something else happened that was completely out of your control. Like you felt like you were in control, like despite the fact that you were starting the stage for the seventh time over now. No, I, I completely agree with you. And even if you look back to games, you know, TMNT and, and DuckTales, they were hard games, but with Ninja Gaiden, like, it, it was a hard one, but you felt like you were learning it, and, you know, this time I'm not going to die. You were. Spoiler alert. You were going to die. But you felt like, okay, next time I got it. Um, so, it, it, you know, you do kind of learn on that a little bit. I, I agree with that. So I, I would I'd feel good about putting that at 7. Yeah. I mean, I want to put Castlevania 3 on there, but, like, putting that over Ninja Gaiden doesn't really seem quite, you know, accurate. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if we if we swap out, like, DuckTales or Ninja Turtles for one of the, for that. For Castlevania? Yeah. Like, I, I for me, like, the, the Castlevania game that was the best on the NES was number 3. Like, that was, that was when, like, you had multiple characters to play as, like, you had yeah. different routes through the game, like... It was a re- like it was a lot like Mario three in the in that like it was when like they really started to figure out like how they could push a lot of the boundaries so to speak. So do you think it's it's below Ninja Gaiden and above those two? So we get rid of one of them. That's yeah, that's kind of the way I lean on that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I could see that. I guess if I had to pick one of those two, I like Ducktales a little bit better than uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. So I say we move DuckTales down to 9 and uh, put Castlevania on 8. I like that. I think that that's a fair assumption. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. All right. What do you what do you got for number 6 here? I mean, we're starting to get into some pretty rarefied air when it comes to the NES. Yeah, it's some pretty good stuff here. I'm going to tell you that I would put Final Fantasy at 6 and I put it there with you knowing more about it and debating me on it. I like the other games more, but if you think that Final Fantasy should move up further, I can be convinced. So I do think that Final Fantasy should be up further, and here's why. When you talk about the the role-playing game genre, you're talking about something that up until now, like when we're talking about Final Fantasy being released, had been nothing but straight-up D&D adaptations. Like the, It just was nothing else. Nobody had thought to make their own original story. Nobody had thought to, um, you know, make their own characters and stuff. It was just like, let's just take these old D&D modules, turn them into video games, and the kids love it. Well, Final Fantasy turned that on its head. It was a Japanese studio that really sat here, and it the plot, like, look, by today's standards, nothing special, but... The idea that, like, the four crystals were being poisoned and then you had to somehow go back in time? Yeah, I'm spoiling a 30-plus-year-old game. Deal with it. 
Like you had to go <laughs> back in time and defeat the demon lord of chaos just to like save the kingdom. That's what's up. That was a big stuff at the time. And like you mentioned earlier, like the party system, the classes, you know, these are things that like nowadays you would put into a game without a second thought. But I mean, when Final Fantasy came out, that was like, oh shit, you can do that? And the other thing too, the original Final Fantasy has a lot of replayability. Like when you go back and try to do it with different parties, um, if you really hate yourself, guys, try going through the original Final Fantasy on the NES. Not don't 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 do the Game Boy Advance version. That's a little too easy. And do it with only four white mages. And then, if you make it through that, your congrats. You're a better man than I. I threw my I threw my NES like across the friggin' room trying that. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll break down this list then, because I, I, I'm going to take your word for it. I am not as experienced with it, but I do think Final Fantasy deserves to be on this list. So, we are on number six. Final Fantasy is going to be in the top five. Um, based on some of the other games we talked about, I think we have a solid idea where the rest will be. Which means, for number six, I have Metroid, Tetris, and Duck Hunt left. I'm going to make the case that Metroid should be up there between the other two. Agree or disagree? So, let me understand what you're saying here. So you're thinking that Metroid, Duck Hunt, or... What was the other one? Tetris. Tetris should be in the top... You, you think all three of those belong in the top six? I think one of them is number six. So, uh, I don't know what your list is for the rest of them, but um, out. So if we have number six taken care of, in theory, we have five more... And those have to be Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 2, and Final Fantasy. I don't want to take any of those out of the top five. Yeah, I mean, my top six are definitely Zelda, Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 2, Final Fantasy, and Metroid in some order. Um, to me, leaving Final Fantasy out of the top five would be an absolute tragedy. You know what I'm going to go ahead and say? If we're talking about best games and we're not just counting the impact of them... Then I think yeah I think we have to drop Mario Brothers to six. At its core, like I said, Mario Brothers like it's just not it is not a progressive game. Like it's a game that you play, and then when you're done, you put it down, and then you come back and you start over again. So, and granted, it like it's it's groundbreaking, but again, like like let's go back to if you played Mario Brothers in 2020, would you be impressed? And I don't think so. No, I, I agree with you, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought this up, and I, I think we alluded to it, but it was our, our pre-show discussion a little bit, is when you think of these games, it, it sounds sacrilegious to say, like, the, the first Mario game isn't number one, but it just it just might not be. And you look at some of the other games, and they deserve to be above it. So I'm not against putting Mario Brothers in number six. I, th I think that's where I land. You know, I mean, you, when you talk about Zelda, Mario 3, Mega Man 2, Final Fantasy, Metroid, like, these are these are games that in some ways, like, either were, like, pinnacles of their genre or literally invented it. I I, I feel like Super Mario Brothers just, they're, like, it's a, like Mario 3 is an objectively a better game than Mario Brothers. Agreed. So, Agreed. yeah, I think, I think we toss that down to number six. No, no disrespect intended, but no, none at all. You know, the, there are going to be some hard choices here. And, and yeah, they're just they're such classics and they're such big names. 
for me, I think Metroid probably goes at five. Um, you want to talk about progression? They they had passwords and passcodes to get you know to certain points in the game, um, and I think I think it belongs in the top five. I think so. I mean, like the only thing, and like you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like when it comes to games like Metroid, where like you where there's no real rhyme or reason to where the secrets are. You know, like, I get that, like, you know, you gotta work hard and you gotta be thorough and you gotta just bomb everything, but, like, at, at the same time, is that really playing a game? Like, or is that just going through and performing a rote mechanic over and over and over again? Like, and again, I love the original Metroid. It's a great game. I literally just replayed it about, like, two or three months ago. But, like, we're in the top five here. Like, we have to make some hard choices and to me like is that great gameplay or is that just like you know the developers not bothering to put in any kind of like signposts or like any sort of clues and just be like yeah figure it out and that shit wouldn't fly in games nowadays and you even play metroid zero mission the remake of the first one great game awesome awesome game and and it's just granted at the time they couldn't do it with the the hardware and the technology they had but you look at what a game can be like when it does have you know that that technology and it gives you a little bit more not not necessarily hold your hand but just it gives you those breadcrumbs and it gets you to where you need to go without holding your hand and and that's really what the genre can be and it, it had to start somewhere it had to be you know the original metroid but just looking at the remake of it it shows you it, you know it had to come a long way and I do think you're right that like the technology had to get to a certain place before they could really do it the best they could. I think the original Metroid is a great start. You know, so that, that brings us to our top four, which is some combination of Zelda, Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 2, and Final Fantasy. I kind of lean towards Mega Man 2 in the fourth slot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think um, between the rest of those, that I would say that's pretty, pretty solid right there. Uh, because you look at you look at just the platform genre i think in general mario has done better than mega man i know it's not a a genre or, or i know it's not a franchise versus franchise list that we're making and, and mega man 2 certainly has a, a big spot in all of that but i just can't put it above mario 3 so i do agree with putting it there yeah i mean i, I personally enjoy mega man 2 more than i enjoy mario 3 but i can't really sit here and tell you it's better and the other thing too, like honestly, like I'm kind of using Mega Man 2 as a stand-in for the first six Mega Man games, um, which, no disrespect to anyone at Capcom or anyone who worked on them, but they're kind of the same thing. There's not a lot of innovation. Now, granted, you get to the Super Nintendo and they start doing things like Mega Man X or even the way Mega Man 7 was. That's that's my jam, and we will talk about that. Believe me, we will talk about oh, that a yes. lot. We have quite a bit to talk about going forward. Yes, but when it comes to the original Mega Man's, you know, it was it was a good, solid formula that, to me, peaked with Mega Man 2, although that is no disrespect to the other five games on that console. No, and, and we wrestled with that a little bit, um, putting which Mega Man do we pick, and we didn't really want to say Mega Man as a series, because then you get into all the different, dip, you know, do we do Mario as a series, do we do Legend of Zelda as a series? So, you know, just game for game... Mega Man 2 was the best of the series, but that's that doesn't leave out what came, you know, after it and before it. So it's an important game. It deserved to be on there, but, you know, 
the next three games that we have coming up, is it better than them? I don't think so. No, I wouldn't say so. You know, I mean, and, and granted, I know I put I pushed hard on Final Fantasy earlier, but I mean, to me, like, I, I think that the three slot seems like the right place for it. You know, I mean, I think when you talk about the other games on this list, like Final Fantasy really kicked off this its particular genre. I, I think that the the RPG genre in on consoles, like, it's the conversation starts and ends with the Final Fantasy series, in my opinion. And the original Final Fantasy was the only Final Fantasy we originally got from on the Nintendo in America. So, um, you know, for me, like, I there was a lot of replay of that game. I just I feel like it, it saying it's the third best game on the NES almost feels like a disservice, but I I, I can't rank it above what we've got left here. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. I mean, when you it's such a, a iconic game, and you know what it spawned and the rest of the final fantasy series what it became very important game and it's not losing to bad competition you know it, it's it's not even losing it's number three out of again 200 plus nes games and you know you fast forward to what all the the series and the franchise have become and it's still around today so definitely deserving a number three i would say absolutely i think that's a good spot and now now we, we're about to fight because yeah, top is... two, <laughs> mm. we got Super Mario Brothers three, and we got Legend of Zelda. I know what corner <laughs> I'm in. What are your thoughts? So, I'm. Um, I think I told you earlier in this episode that I do have a nostalgic childhood, just gravitation towards Mario Brothers three. And the giant That's poster. My, yep, and the giant poster. But, you know, right next to it is Legend of Zelda. It's Ocarina of Time. So these are two pretty huge games in my life. I want to say Mario Brothers 3 is number one to me. And I just think going forward, and I, I know we can't judge the rest of the franchise to help the list, but games like Mario Odyssey, uh, Mario Sunshine, Super Mario 64, just like what what that franchise has become is so huge and i think really helped by mario brothers 3 i i'd agree with that statement in that like mario brothers 3 really brought that series to where it is as like a premier platforming series of games i i don't think it's fair to do the franchise thing because mario as a franchise is like basically on par with everything short of disney at this point but at the same time, like, I look at the original Legend of Zelda, and, you know, it's got everything. It's got fighting, it's got puzzles, it's got exploration, it's got adventure, it's got replay value, because as soon as you beat the game, it just tells you to turn around and do it again, because is the princess in another castle? Who knows? Find out. And, like, the variation that you would have in enemies, like, you had so many tools at your disposal, and you had to know which one to use, and you had to know who to use it on. And it was just a game that I felt really rewarded thinking. It really rewarded playing the game, learning the game, and doing it well. Um, you know, to me, like, The Legend of Zelda was the best game on the NES. Like, that was the game I played the most. That was the game that got me into gaming in general. Like, that's what made me say, I want to do more of this. So like nostalgia factor like i get it i'm 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 with you i'm with you in that like being a big thing like this was a very big part of my formative gaming years but at the same time i mean like i'm not sure if there's a game out there that doesn't owe a debt to the legend of zelda 
no and, and this is a real tough one for me because it when not if when we do snes and n64 and gamecube and, and wii and you know up until the switch i generally will say the zelda game beat the mario game i have my thoughts on breath of the wild that's so far in the future for us but we'll get there oh we'll um, get there every other zelda game i think beats out mario hands down it's it's just this essence the nes one and i'm willing i'm willing to concede a tiny bit to give you the zelda number one um because most of my mario brothers 3 is nostalgia great game and again it's number two it's not like we're dropping it out of the top 10 altogether yeah yeah, I think that would, that's kind of the thing. Like a lot of people will get caught up on, you know, we're doing a top ten list. Well, what's number one? You know, and we're not doing a what's number one list. We're doing a top ten list. We're trying to find the ten best games, and we're ranking them. Yeah, but truth is, like any single one of these games are games that we could get lost for in for you know in for hours. Like it would be, it would be a disservice if you're looking over this list to sit here and say, well, they said Zelda's better than Mario. I'm never touching Mario. You know, that's that would be a foolish decision. Oh, yeah. And if, and if I ever have to fire up my old Game Boy Advance or whatnot, and I, I granted, I don't do it often, but if I'm stuck on a long card ride or we don't do planes anymore because of COVID, but if, if it ever happened, um, I do have Super Mario Bros. 3 Advance and I like to pick up every once in a while. It's a good remake of the game and i think it's you know fun handheld so it's it has a lot of replay value um uh, legend of zelda one i mean it's just I, I don't know how you can ultimately beat that yeah i i mean for me like it is just like that is the pinnacle of nes gaming that is the most you could possibly get out of it and i mean heck it came in a gold cartridge it did come in a gold cartridge like that was badass yeah that that in itself should be enough Oh man, we you know, sidebar here because we've talked a lot about the games on the NES. We have not necessarily talked about the cartridges and the original way of troubleshooting everything, blowing the shit out of the cartridge. Yep, worked all the time. Every or time, never the time. Every time. Sometimes it didn't work, and you were just like, "Well, that just means I need to do it again." Yep, just keep blowing on it, keep hitting it, just smack it. It'll work eventually. Just blow it till it works. <laughs> title of your sex name oh burn <laughs> alright so I, I think we got the top 10 in order yeah I mean so I'm looking over our list here so number 10 we got Tecmo Super Bowl number 9 we got DuckTales number 8 Castlevania 3 number 7 Ninja Gaiden number 6 the original Super Mario Brothers number 5 Metroid number 4 Mega Man 2 Number three, Final Fantasy. Number two, Super Mario Bros. 3. And the greatest game on the Nintendo Entertainment System was The Legend of Zelda. I think that is a pretty solid list in the books. That really is. You know, I'm proud of the way that one turned out. I, you know, I mean, maybe you could quibble with the bottom two or three, but I've, overall, I think the right games got on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I, there's always going to be more games you could talk about. Like we we mentioned Contra at the time. That that could have probably played a spot, but I mean, it's just these are the games that really going forward. And you know, I can't always keep using that argument, but they did have a big part of what gaming became. And you know, I think that's something we'll cover in a future show too. Just the 
the legacy of some of these franchises. You know, when you talk about the greatest franchises, you know, I think that you're ending up with a different discussion in terms of the best games. You know, like the Ninja Gaiden, like number seven game, but did it really have the same legacy as Castlevania three? I would say not. But we'll get into that another time. Yep, that is going to be a different podcast. So I would say for now, I'm Danny. And I'm Donnie. And uh, thanks for joining our podcast. Take it easy, bros.